Welcome along to the Dingo Unchained. It's the 11th of March. I am the Fantasy Dingo. Uh, this week, Dingo Unchained is proudly sponsored by Vince, E, Drama, Turtle, Ari, Mrs. Ari, Scotty Can, Billy, Dana, Sloan, Sloan's dad, Sloan's dad's ex-wife, Lloyd, Shauna, Gary Busey, and the rest of the gang from the upcoming Entourage movie. Entourage the movie, where dreams go to die, will be opening at a cinema near you on June 6th, and Adam Risman, our regular fantasy dingo analyst, Joining me on the line from New York, presumably you're in the same boat as me, and June 6th just cannot come along soon enough for you. Oh, just can't, cannot, cannot wait. Although I, I do have to say that I'm a little disappointed that I thought maybe Fast 7 might be the, the movie title that was going to sponsor us this week, but there's, there's still time. We there's still time. Three weeks till that, that epic uh, film drops. Fast there's 7. Actually, there's actually a theater in Dallas you know, looking for uh, something to do the first week in April that is, for one ticket, the night, beginning the morning of the, of the night of the Fast Seven premiere, showing all six movies in wow. a row. Wow. How long does that take? That must be there, 10 hours? Yeah. I think it's like a three film to one ratio compared to Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's fantastic. Or, or a major league baseball game. <laughs> Fast Seven. Oh, it'll be coming up in the in the coming weeks. We might have to do a little bit of a pod about our uh, the Fast Seven franchise or the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, this it's, it's the off season. We got to find we got to find things to talk about. We've had our, our rest the last two months, but we got to fill our time somehow. Well, you'd think you, we wouldn't have much to talk about, but actually, we do this week. It's a big show. I was thinking we would have to cover a few different sports. I thought we might even have to delve deep into uh, the fantasy baseball season or something desperate like that. But, uh, of course, this week, the NFL, it was the first week of the season officially, and it was just a huge week. Uh, A lot of trades went down. Free agency opened on Tuesday afternoon. We thought after the weekend of all the leaks that we knew what was going to happen, and it all shocked us and shocked us to the core. Uh, So I thought today we'll just go down and and we're going to reveal the Fantasy Dingo Big Board in a few weeks, Adam, as the first one for the season, first one for the year. But I wanted to go down and get your take on on each of these different movements, uh, these different free agency and trades, trade movements. And I want to get your take on these people's stock and their draft stock. Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Or has it stayed even? I'm just going to start from the quarterback position and move our way down because so many players have moved and switched teams in the last week. Before we get into it, is there any trade or free agency movement that you felt was the most interesting or exciting or scintillating move of the last few days? Everything. Oh, I'm going to say everything in Philadelphia, although surely there's going to be a trade that happens while we're recording this, just the way that things are working out. And inevitably, that will be the most uh, exciting in a, how it affects my life basis. <laughs> but start to finish this whole week, everything in Philadelphia from trading uh, LaShawn McCoy to the Maxwell signing and the, the backfield to whatever whatever they did yesterday and their, their quarterback situation and the draft compensation affiliated with that. I I have no idea what's happening. Well, it's uh, funny It's funny you say as we talk because ESPN has just launched an article, just released an article on their blog, DeMarco Murray reaches out personally to Chip Kelly. 
I makes don't know no, where that money is going to come from. Though. Makes no sense because they, they have just. Any cap space left? Well, Ryan Matthews is meant to be flying there right now and is rumored to sign, I think it's a $12 million deal across three years. Uh, they are low on cap room after taking on that Bradford contract, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but uh, actually, let's just. Why don't we just start with Sam Bradford? Why don't we just start there with quarterbacks? Uh, so Bradford obviously traded with Nick Foles. He's going to be the new quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, at least for now. Uh, Sam Bradford had a tough season this year in that he didn't play. I think was he injured in the preseason on the first week? I think it was the preseason even. I think it was the preseason. It was a second torn ACL, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and he's going into this is what I don't understand is he's going into an offense where mobility is is key, and that's why they've been linked to Marcus Mariota turning up in the draft so much, and why Michael Vick was able to to succeed there for a short period of time. Is this can he walk? I mean, he's <laughs> torn his ACL twice. I, uh, Not uh, to uh, mention elbow and, and shoulder injury history that he's had. The only thing people seem to be pointing to is the the history with the uh, with the Eagles' offensive coordinator. He was his first coordinator uh, at the Rams when he was first drafted. But then also back when he played with Oklahoma, he was a mobile quarterback back then. But then you know it's 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 also being described as this boom or bust scenario. I just don't see how Bradford, how you could bet that much money on Bradford when you've got a guy in Nick Foles who, before he got injured last year, was a fairly solid performer for the Eagles. Uh, if not a fairly solid fantasy prospect, at least a top seven, top eight quarterback. Yeah, I, I like it for the Rams because they they save a ton of money. Uh, I think Bradford is the first pick in the draft at this point in his career. I think year it's just this would be year six, although he missed all of last season. Um, it's not like a seventeen million dollar cap hit. So they're saving a ton of money. Mm-hmm. They're getting uh, a quarterback that, you know, whether or not he was a product of the system remains to be seen, but a year ago was at least very, very, very accurate and is, is going to be in a situation where he knows he's the guy and isn't looking over his shoulder, which was the case the entire time in Philadelphia. I think St. Louis, if they can figure out things on their offensive line, Jake Long is now gone. That didn't really work out. Greg Robinson was the left tackle. I think they're they're in a tough division, but they're a team on the rise. I think San Francisco in that division is on on their way down, and outside of Seattle, you know Arizona hasn't still hasn't figured out their quarterback situation. I I I like this Rams team and where they're headed. I just don't don't understand how Bradford can be your starting quarterback in Philadelphia. I mean, it wasn't like he was lighting it up before all these injuries took place. No, he. I mean. It- it's hard to really put a judgment on him because it's it's hard to see what his last injury-free season really was. Um, I, it just seems a lot. It's, it is his last year of his contract, though. So I, I guess you're going all in for one season but and you're paying a lot of money for one season, but then if it doesn't work out, they can move him pretty quickly. He's played seven games since the beginning of 2013, and he's never finished a season with a QBR over 50. Out of hundred, that's fairly telling. He also goes to he goes to a place there in Philadelphia, which has gotten rid of or shed a lot of its great wide receivers. So it's not like he has a big target like Macklin or Deshaun Jackson to even be throwing to. Uh, they've gotten rid of Lashawn McCoy. I I don't know what his offensive weapons really are. Darren Sproles, I you're guess. Not a, you're not buying Riley Cooper. 
Racist Riley. Racist Riley could always be a uh, uh, an impact player. He had a bad season last year, but I don't that that would <laughs> I don't have him high on my on my big board right now, right at this very second. Um, I, I will say that the falling on my board are every member of the Eagles offense. Jordan Matthews may be staying stable simply because of the going from a three to a number one option, but the running back situation, whether it's Ryan Matthews, a uh, a recurring Bingo Dud, uh, <laughs> or Chris Polk, he's not the answer. Uh, whoever they sign, if they even had signed Frank Gore, wouldn't be buying any of that. And you don't know who's going to be throwing any of these receivers the ball, whether it's Josh Huff or Jordan Matthews or whomever. Josh Huff, I mean, yeah, that's it. It's Josh Huff, Jordan Matthews, Riley Cooper is currently your three top wide receivers. I don't know. Eagles fans, I know, are furious. Uh, I've spoken to a couple of Eagles fans myself, and the there's a, a stinky vibe in Eagles Nation right now. Uh, but look, give me your give me your final take on this. Nick Foles' fantasy value up or down next year, and Sam Bradford up or down? Well, Sam Bradford can't go any any further down than zero. So. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you're streaming quarterbacks and you're desperate in Week 14, I suppose. <laughs> He could be a. He could be worth a fight. I mean, just you just wait. I think if you if you see him have a decent preseason, his stock will just rise dramatically because there is an aura around the Chip Kelly system that anyone can get it done there. Yes, I guess he's he's up, but not up to where where we would consider him a draft eligible player mm-hmm. by the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles, though, I, I see as. Again, you're, you're, you're not drafting him to be your quarterback for the entire season. You're probably going to be in a plug-and-play situation. But, I, I mean, do you like him? I like him better than Andy Dalton next year. I like him a lot better than Andy Dalton. My, my problem with Foles is that, I, again, I don't know that his wide receiver situation has really worked itself out yet. Uh, who's he got there? He's got uh, that quick guy who's never really come on. What's his name? Uh, oh, Brian, Brian Quick. Uh, sorry, there's Brian Quick. No, the fast guy, Tavon Austin. There's Tavon Austin. Uh, Kenny Bailey. Uh, yeah, there's Jared Cook at uh, at tight end. You know, he's got. I think I started Stephen Bailey in a game last year, but that was out of sheer desperation in, in a roster that, that didn't go so well. You must have been tanking Kenny, for a draft pick. Kenny Britt is gone. Uh, I, I, they have been linked to wide receivers as draft prospects. Mm hmm. I think they should go the tackle route and try to get a right tackle, but it would not surprise me to see them grab wide receiver in the second round. Well, that's the only thing which stops me from thinking that Foles' stock goes up. I've actually got Foles' slightly regressing this year, and then Bradford's value going up a little bit, but only just. But both of these, I think this is a, a blockbuster trade, means a lot for both franchises. In terms of fantasy value, I'm not sure that I would really be touching either of them uh, come the draft this year. Unless we hear something amazing out of out of either St. Louis or, or Philadelphia, you know the sad thing is though these guys are probably the best quarterbacks to have and change teams in the past. Yes, yes. So let me give you let me give you the next list. So that's tier one, tier two, and I'm not gonna. Uh, up, let me just list out. No, some tier guys. three, tier one and tier two are non-existent. Tier two doesn't exist. Uh, tier three. Here are some guys, and I'm just gonna read out a huge list of names. And, and you can tell me if you like any of them in any way whatsoever. Uh, on the Texans, we have Brian Hoyer has moved there. Ryan Mallard has re-signed there. Matt Castle has moved to the Bills. Josh McCowan is now the quarterback coach slash very highly paid quarterback coach slash uh, 
quarterback at the Cleveland Browns. And Ryan Fitzpatrick today signed on at the Jets to be Geno Smith's uh, uh, scholastic mentor. Do you like any of these QBs at all? If you add them all together, it, it, I don't like them as much as, as one one guy. That it just it just baffles me how he does not have a job. I think I think I know who you're talking about. I'm sorry. Um, extremely sorry. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. And you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. And you never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. Ah, uh, yes. When you go back and listen to that, <laughs> that fully finished cut, you'll notice that that is the great speech that Tim Tebow delivered. After the the great Florida Gators loss, uh, I, I love it. I, I assume this is our new, new section of the podcast where we play homage to our, our favorite unemployed professional athlete. This is Tebow time. Yeah. Tebow time. Now he's not unemployed. He's not unemployed on welfare, but he is unemployed uh, in the in the NFL. I I see him as having a fit on many of these rosters. Like like at least se- at least seven rosters. Came out today of the players who have registered for the NFL Veteran Combine. I did not. It, it's got a lot of interesting names on there, from Michael Sam to Keith Price. You mm. great. No Keith. Tebow. No Tebow. No Tebow on the Veteran Combine list. Oh, there's a rumor he's going to do it. Maybe, maybe he's already getting some uh, some sniffs for some teams. But I mean, if we go down this list here, the Bills picked up Matt Castle, who. Awful. How does he keep getting? How does he keep getting work? It's like the you and I used to work with a guy who had been anywhere and everywhere magazine world, and the outcome was always the same, no matter where he went. Everywhere he kept talking his way into jobs. Well, if you had that much experience, is he the Matt Castle, or is, you understand what I'm saying here? I think that's Josh McCown. I think Josh McCown is the uh, he's he's what we call in the sporting world the journeyman. He's been to. So many fucking teams. Uh, at least, at least Josh McCown is is two, really one season removed from being a I think three or four week starting quarterback on one of my championship teams. That's true. That's I mean, true. He was he was throwing up passes to the Twin Towers and and that Trustman offense and, and looking good. But Ryan Fitzpatrick and Matt Castle. Well, if, if we're talking, what have you done for me? Not just lately, but in the past five years, uh, there's nothing notable there. Let's not. I wouldn't group in Ryan with Matt Castle. I think Matt Castle has a specifically shitty skill set that he wasn't even able to beat out uh, Teddy Bridgewater in his first couple of weeks of being a pro last year. Um, Fitzpatrick. That might have been the, the second to last nail to the Andre Johnson and Houston column. Fitzpa- <laughs> no, look, Fitzpatrick didn't have a bad season, and he was. You could even look. I think, and I'm going to take a, a bit of a look now, I think he was pretty consistent. Uh, yeah, he's the 24th, 24th ranked fantasy quarterback last year. He had an average... So in a 12 team league, that is the worst backup option available. Because everybody has two quarterbacks on the roster. Now, just hold hold on there a second. He threw for, uh, he threw for eight interceptions, 
uh, 17 touchdowns, 2,500 yards. Uh, you know, he played, and that's only across 12 games. He missed those last four weeks of the season. So he wasn't a star performer, but he did get it done for the Texans and didn't throw many picks. He, he had Arians Foster, Andre Johnson, and the other wide receiver, second-year guy out of Clemson, whose name is escaping me, getting him out of trouble. He's uh, he's. He's DeAndre Hopkins. He's moving into a, he's moving into a system with uh, Bilal Powell. <laughs> I, I pres- Chris Ivory still there? I presume uh, Chris Ivory. I don't know where Chris Ivory is. I presume Chris Johnson's been released. He has been released because he got shot in the shoulder the other day. Google news search for Chris Ivory and see if anything actually comes up here. And then he's got, uh, but he's got a couple of uh, weapons now. He's got Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. So I, I think I think here's, here's an article from Powell is going to follow Rex all the way up to Buffalo, but uh, he's ended up re-signing with the team as well. So they've got that that one-two Bilal Chris punch coming out of the backfield. Uh, speaking of speaking of running backs, I, I saw it looked like someone else took his spot at Buffalo. How do, how do you feel about that? Uh, whose spot? The running back spot in Buffalo. Oh, hang on, I'm not finished with the quarterbacks yet. I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a second. I just want I want. I want to know from you whether or not you would pick up any of these guys and put them on as your second-string quarterback, backup quarterback, in round 13 of the draft this year. I only draft one quarterback unless I draft a second quarterback for symbolic purposes, a la Blaine Gabbert. Who has also re-signed at San Francisco. Thank God. Uh, I would not draft any of these people under any circumstances. Okay. And and final, final comment... And, and Final comment on where you'd like to see Tim play this season. I would like to see Tim, well, personally, for geographic purposes, with the Jets, taking <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick or Michael Vick or Geno Smith's job. But um, I still I still think Jacksonville is the place for him. I'm it not is. On portals. It's his spiritual hunt. Well, he could do some let's mentorship. Let's, let him go home. Or Arizona, where he works out. Arizona? It's I don't know. I like him on the Jays. I like him on the Titans as well. I think he could do some great work down there at Tennessee. Well, great, great charity work, you mean? Oh, it's a very spiritual place. Well, it's a very spiritual part of the country. Okay, well, we can move on. We can move on from shitty quarterbacks now. You want to talk LaShawn McCoy, traded to the Bills. Uh, where is he on? Is, he, is his stock rising or falling on your, on your big board? Yeah, the incentives are long. The only incentive he has to perform is Rex Ryan. That's the only way I think that this can work well for for McCoy. Uh, he does have he has Matt Castle handing him off the ball now, which means increased chance of a fumble. Um, I, I do wonder though if McCoy's if his stock's going to fall so low because of these reasons, and he could be a worthwhile. And also, he didn't have the greatest of seasons last year. It was an overly hyped season, and he he just he didn't live up to the hype. I wonder if he could even fall to the second round and be if he was in the second round, then I could see him as a sneaky That's good value, value pick. Yeah. That's great value. I mean his stock is down, but not considerably. 
his, his stock is down from essentially this, this guy was number one on my board going into last season. Yep. So he can only go down. So the Sean McCoy we have uh, falling, falling, but hopefully falling so far that you can pick up pick him up for a good price. Um, another couple of running backs here. Well, the next one on the on the list is is Frank Gore. We mentioned he's on off to the Colts. He'd had a tough season there in San Francisco. Some of it was was to do with him. Some of it was to do with Carlos Hyde eating into some of his carries. He goes to a Colts backfield which is stacked with Ahmad Bradshaw and Boom Heron. I presume is still on that roster. Um, how do you see Gore's fantasy stock uh, rising or falling? Gore is interesting. He's on the he's on the wrong side of thirty, but you keep thinking he's he's done. But he's had eight thousand yard seasons in the last nine years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still had eleven hundred yards last year, so average close to four and a half yards a carry. His touchdowns were down, but that that forty ers locker room is also a mess. Yeah. Um, Unclear whether or not they hated each other there, whether or not their coach was, you know, drinking the blood from sacrificial animals before the start of the games. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, so, you know, I think I think he still, I think he still is, perhaps for the last season, a legitimate RB two candidate. Mm-hmm. I feel better about him in a flex spot. I think if, he, if this is your flex running back and he's in an offense where you're going to get a lot of balance, and the quarterback is getting better. And we'll get to wide receivers later, but they've they've made some signings there that can stretch the field. I think this offense will be prolific, and he he is going to have people that are are good enough to spell him, so that he can still you know probably get 225 to 250 carries next year. Who are you? Who would you prefer um, to take as your as your flex? Would you prefer uh, Frank Gore or Mark Ingram? Who's just also been paid as well? Uh, man, um, where did Mark go? Oh no, he's, he's still with the Saints. He's still with the Saints, but uh, just got paid. I, I think I think I have the Saints labeled as my dumpster fire of the year. <laughs> and it is stinky. Mark Mark Ingram pretty much fell forward three feet every time he was blown on by an offensive or defensive lineman for the first three years of his career. So yeah, I'm going to go with the guy that has. Yeah, I agree. I I saw Ingram described today as someone who who bruises between the tackles, and I presume they mean Ingram himself bruises when he gets tackled because he, I know he had a little bit of a run last year, but he's looked absolutely awful. Besides that that little spurt which came into a contract year, funnily enough, um, I I'm staying a clear of Frank Gore. I think his I think his stock goes down after this move. I think he uh, he. He doesn't have the passing capabilities that that sort of represent the modern running back or the the receiving capabilities that represent the modern the modern running back. Uh, his as you said, his touchdowns were down last year. And as someone who owned Gore in one of my leagues last year, it was it was devastatingly frustrating to watch him because some games I guess the the Forty Nineers just wouldn't get going, uh, and and he wasn't scoring the same way that he has previously. So. I, for me, he kind of falls out of that RB3 spot. I put him in an RB4. The other interesting thing is the role of Ahmad Bradshaw in that in that backfield and whether he'll come back and play as big a role as he did before he got injured last year. It's a foot injury, too, which is, you know, if you're a running back, other than a knee, yeah. probably the most difficult thing to, to recover from and also something that is re-injured quite frequently. 
Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's Frank. He's there in, in Indianapolis. The Colts made a couple of moves early on in free agency. The second, the next guy I wanted to, to get your take on, Shane Vereen, has gone from the Pats to the Giants. Is his stock going up or down? Down, down, down. Way down. Down, 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 down. Lower, lower system player. He, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I, I don't get this move. I don't get this move for the Giants. I, I mean, is it him and um, Rashad Jennings? Is that their? You got Rashad Jennings, Andre, Andre Brown. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do have Brown. I, I think Andre Williams. You mean? Yes. Sorry. Should, should be able to step up and be the guy there, but that's that's crowded. That's I think insane. That, uh, and you know the other thing is he came from a really creative offense that knew how to use them and the <laughs> Giants might have the most vanilla offense in the NFL. I just don't I don't know what this Giants team is doing. Uh, Eli, Shane Vereen, I guess they've got Odell Beckham Jr., but uh I can't see Vereen being a, a, a guy who you could start week in, week out, even as an RB2, and not even as a flex, even. It's, it's ugly. I am, I am selling. I, I would call him a stash and dash stash. player. Bury him at the end of your bench. Wait it out. See if I'm wrong. But if you're, he's penciled in as, even last year, he was still a risky flex candidate just because he was so reliant on catching passes and so many people in New England were good options for that but he'd have big weeks and he'd disappear for weeks it was very inconsistent but you know so I think uh, someone's going to pay too much money for Shane Vereen after on the back of his Super Bowl performance where he played very well and the back of the fact that people like picking up players on new teams that's you know it's a novelty it's an unknown it's like the same reason people like to draft rookies too high uh, I would let I'd let your friends uh, get Vereen before you before you jump in there. Uh, he only had five five touchdowns last year combined. He's yeah, not, it's not big numbers. Well, and they didn't run the ball some weeks. No, three hundred ninety uh, rushing yards and four hundred fifty in passing situations. That whole regular season, like the only guy who ever broke out was Jonas Gray, and then he was never heard of again. Crazy. It's, uh, it's like the hyena yard in the Lion King for Patriots running backs. It's it's just like that. Uh, we've we've touched on him. Uh, Dingo favorite Ryan Matthews has gone to the Eagles. Twelve million over three years. Did he make it, or is he still in, in, in flight? He's still in flight. Is he bubble the opportunity. Is, is the plane going to have to? Did he book a connecting flight? And Demarco's going to sweep in. What I love is if he's on if he, if his phone's off on airplane mode while Demarco's calling in to make the deal with Chip right now, uh, and then he'll land and. And there won't be room for him at the Eagles anymore. Hey, this is going to shock you. I've got I've got Ryan Matthews on the up this year. I'm buying Ryan Matthews stock. Okay, I'm, I'm going to phrase like I'm going to set this up with my reasoning because I'll, I know I'll be criticized for it because I am always anti Ryan Matthews. Always. If he indeed signs with the Eagles, so yes, I will be up on him as well. But the reason is. I'm just up on whoever the Eagles running back will be, simply because they're going to create space for that person. And while they may not be as dynamic as Sean McCoy, um, 
it's going to set them up for more opportunities than say a running back in, in San Diego. Yeah, I, uh, I I I agree. I think it's a. But, it's, but would he be RB two high? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could become an RB one. I think that's the thing. He's got a lot of upside. He. Would you, if he's if he's available, pick fourteen, Oof. round two, pick two. Regardless of who you take in the first round, whether it's mm-hmm. a, a running back and you're doing the running back running back strategy, or you take a quarterback or wide receiver and you desperately need a running back, are you are you considering him? I'm definitely considering him at fourteen. Do. I'm considering him. I might not be taking him, but I'm definitely considering him. Depends depends who else on the board, but uh, I am not taking him over Lashawn McCoy in Buffalo, but I am taking him over. Uh, I don't know. Um, Alf Morris. I'd take him over Alf Morris. Would you take him over the Arizona, the little Arizona quarterback with the running back? Oh, Andre Ellington? Would you take him over Ellington? Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. I'm low on Andre Ellington. He's, he's, I think he's like, he's injury prone. They need some offensive line help there. to open things up for him. Uh, You know, there is, there's another running back that changed teams though that, I, I am very up on. Go on. Roy Hulu. I am huge on Roy Hulu Jr. I think that's a great move, unless well, Murray well, ends yeah. up there. Unless what? Unless DeMarco Murray ends up on the Raiders. It, that would change things, but for the time being, I am very high on Roy Hulu in Oakland. They've let, they basically let their entire stable of, of running backs go. That and, and, um, uh, they, they, had they had what's the name? Uh, was it Rashad? Um, oh no, it was Maurice Jones. Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah, Maurice Jones Drew retired. So the, the whole stable. So he has a chance to be the guy there, and he averaged when he did get to carry the ball in you know limited amounts. He averaged five and a half carries last year for Washington. Yeah. You know, better than how worse than me at the ball, and he's quick. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He it is. Was, he, he torched my Missouri Tigers when he was at Nebraska many times. So that, with that burned in the back of my head, I may be, you know, he's the, too much on the past. He's the kind of guy I have flirted with Roy Hallou Jr. so many times, and and kind of thrown him on my bench, taking him off my bench, throwing him back on my bench, just in the, in the he's hope. At least two of your fifty-six transactions every year. He's always in. I think I've I've definitely put him on my team every year uh, over the last three years. He he shows great promise. He's shown great promise in that Redskins backfield. I think it, it can only help for him to get out of Washington, and that's an amazing thing to say for someone who's going to the Raiders. But uh, Derek Carr now has a full season under the belt. He'll have a full preseason. He'll be looking a little bit better. I would have loved this move for Roy Hallou Jr. if the Raiders had gotten Randall Cobb. Um, I think that could have that could have opened up a dynamic offense. I still worry they don't have anyone to catch the ball there. And, uh, and they didn't have someone to catch it. I mean, Derek. I don't. I'm. I'm not super high on Derek Carr, but I'm not. I put Derek Carr in front of uh, Matt Castle any day of the week, and Tim Tebow in front of both of them. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Roy Hulu, um Yeah, I think we're both we're both interested to see where Roy Hulu might uh, how he might fall there in the Raiders' backfield. You know, he looks, I, I hate to stereotype, but he looks like more of your laid back West Coast. Kind of guy. Oh yeah, super Here's chill. The, the hustle and bustle of of the East Coast and having to deal with RG three. Yeah, uh, that's the other advantage. You know, he'll be able to get into that backfield and start to assert himself a little bit. So uh, 
We like Roy Hallou. Two guys, two two running backs I want you to give me your take on just quickly at where you'd like to see these guys land from a fantasy production perspective. DeMarco Murray we've spoken about. He's calling the Eagles. He's obviously still involved with the Cowboys. The Jags have been mentioned. The Raiders have been mentioned. Where would you like to see DeMarco fall, uh, taking out of it your Dallas bias, which is usually not too strong? Well, if, I mean, truthfully, from a fantasy perspective, the best place for him to go is, is back to the best case for an owner is to go back to Dallas. If you're in a keeper league right now, you were just praying that he doesn't grab the Jaguars' money and yeah. goes back to Dallas. Yeah. Because I think that's the difference from a potential number one on your big board to maybe number 12 overall on your big board. Yeah. On fringe fringe first-round pick. The Eagles situation is, is interesting. I just don't think the money is there. No. Nah. And from everything that I've heard, the Cowboys' perspective on this is they're very much in the mindset they don't want to pay top dollar to a running back, which I completely agree with. If I would do the exact same thing. You can draft them in later rounds because they don't go in the first round anymore in the, in the actual draft. It's just, it's, it's not an economical investment, but if, if he doesn't have an offer at a place that he actually wants to go that gives him leverage, a return to Dallas is still very possible. I think that's the best case for him from a fantasy perspective. Worst case, Jacksonville. Semi-worst case, Oakland. Philadelphia. Intriguing. I don't know what other possibilities are left unless he and Adrian Peterson just sort of swap homes and he goes to Minnesota. The other thing is he's never, I mean, this is the first healthy season he's had, and that includes college. So I would be, be very weary of that. I actually saw a stat on the four-letter network yesterday while I was on the treadmill over lunch, and <laughs> pointed out that the NFL's leading rusher for the last, I believe it was the last five or six years, has missed an average of six games the following season. It's a great stat. So be weary. But for, for CJ, CJ Stillard, I love him in Philadelphia. I hate him in Philadelphia. I think that's I think that's exactly what he was trying to get away from. Yeah, I think that I think Chip Kelly wants someone who's just going to take the tackle, break the tackle. I would love someone like Marshawn Lynch in Philadelphia. Uh, someone who's a big bruiser. No, no. The, the offense is fast enough. The offense is fast enough. You don't need these guys who are going to try and make the extra step, get tackled one time and out of three, and then bring you back three yards. They want. They just want to keep moving the chains. So. I think. So you, would you rather have Ryan Matthews if you're an Eagles fan? Than CJ Spiller? Would you rather have CJ Spiller? I'd rather have Ryan Matthews. I, I'm predicting if CJ Spiller signs in Philadelphia, a bold CJ Spiller renaissance, and I'm only <laughs> telling you this because I know that you would forget it between now and August. I, I no. would have him. I would have him with a late, very late second round grade. He is a he is a DND. Do not draft for me. He burned me this year. Uh, he's burned me in years past. I think his body's not quite right. Um, anyone who can't well, come back and, and... You shouldn't be playing with fire because he's about to heat up. <laughs> anyone who can't come back and beat out Fred Jackson for a spot, I am I'm worried about altogether. Um, three quick names. I want you got 10 seconds on each of these guys. Uh, Mark Ingram, we've already spoken about. I'm staying clear of Mark. You staying clear of Mark? Staying clear of Mark. He didn't even have 1,000 yards last year. What happened was Drew Brees through deep a lot to Jimmy Graham. He fell down at the one-yard line, and Mark ran it in. Mark Ingram fell forward for three feet. Yeah. That's not going to happen anymore. I'm out on Mark. Fozzie Whitaker's re-signed with the Panthers for three years. Love Fozzie Wazzie. Now that D'Angelo is gone, Jonathan Stewart is the number one. He's 
never proven he could be healthy. And it's one of the very sad people that does watch preseason NFL games, mostly, so I can see all the, the people from college who probably won't make a roster and play, put on different uniforms. He's good. He's really good. Yeah. His friend Andrew Collins would say that his career was ruined by the fact that he tore the ACL playing at Mizzou a couple years ago. Fozzie, I'm high on Fozzie as a 15th round pick. And then finally, uh, my man in San Francisco, the great Hayne Train, Hayne Plane from Australia, rugby league legend Jared Hayne, has signed a three-year futures contract with the 49ers. Uh, is he worth a stash in the final round? Is he a running back? He is a running back. <laughs> He's listed as a running back. You know what? I just say, I just say break the pain. I think that if you are from the Republic... The Republic of Australia. What's the fancy name? It's not a republic. It's just called Australia. Just called, just called. Not the property of England. It's the Commonwealth. It's the Commonwealth of Australia officially, but we don't like to say that. Commonwealth. Okay. Okay. If you're from the Commonwealth, then I think that you have no choice but to pick him up. It just, just in round 16, you drop him before season starts. He should go drafted. Uh, he should go drafted in like six percent of fantasy uh, leagues. Yeah, offer support, and then who knows? Maybe people that are measuring these metrics will see that five percent of fantasy owners have this guy and he'll start building steam for him in the locker room help his self-esteem <laughs> I like it I just hope it helps his route running and and, uh, and general knowledge of the game is he going to do anything on this block he I don't know yeah, what he's going to do I think they're going to start him off just catching catching uh, returning punts and uh, and kickoffs and just see where it goes from there but uh, he, he ran the 40 in 4.54 which isn't bad but isn't amazing but hits not, uh, not for a running back. No. Not for a running back. Not and terribly great. Unless, unless you're like Marshawn Lynch, you're just falling over. People. Well, he's big. Yeah. He's big and he's elusive. Okay. So uh, we'll... Um, hey, time will tell. Time will tell with the hang train. Uh, moving on to wide receivers, the the ones that I think the most interesting... Well, one of the most interesting, Andre Johnson has just about half an hour ago officially signed with the Colts, but it's been around for a couple of days. He had a tough season last year with the with the Texans was not a, a wide receiver one and was sort of barely scratching wide receiver two value. That's, I don't see that as his fault at all. I think that has a lot to do with the quarterback situation. Oh, and just shitting on Ryan that, Fitzpatrick again. Just shitting on Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, if you want to wipe it up, that's fine, but I'm willing to flush it down. And I am out on Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, so, you know, more importantly, he also wasn't necessarily the number one option there last year. And he will be in... He was the 38th fantasy wide receiver last year. Uh, almost a thousand yards, uh, just three TDs. Um, you think he'll be the number one wide receiver in, in Indianapolis? I do. I mean, who, who else is? Ty. He's got. He's Ty. In better shape than Reggie Wayne. Ty. Ty's hands are made of boulders. He. Uh, I think Ty. Yeah, I agree. Ty might have hit his hit a bit of a ceiling there last year. He kind of plateaued off a little bit towards here's, here's the end of the season. Here's the thing: we have never we have never seen Andre Johnson play with a quarterback like this. Yeah, We've seen him play with David David Carr. We've seen him play with probably his best quarterback, Matt Schaub. We've seen him play with TJ Yates. We've seen him play with Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I could just keep going. It's terrible. It's so it's so sad the fact that he's had. Three fifteen-yard seasons with those quarterbacks is absolutely mind-blowing. Do you think it's staggering? Do you think he's had? Do you think he's still got the ability to go up and get it though? You think he can still go up and get that ball? Look, he's not. He's not overweight. He's only thirty-three. 
It's not like he's aging like a running back where mm-hmm. you just lose the power in your legs. He's he's still six three, two thirty, going to be able to push people around. I I am if he's there, okay. If he's there, middle of the sixth round. Ah, uh, he okay. won't be there then. He'll be gone by the four, he'll be gone by the beginning of the fifth. I think I think fifth round grade is about right. Yeah. I think fifth round grade is about right. I agree. I think he's. I think his stock is undoubtedly up from last year, but I. It's with a. It's with an asterisk. It's with a bit of a caution, that uh, that regression. I. I agree with you. The regression might have happened because of the players around him, but also there could be. He is thirty three years old, so there's some risk there as well. Um, oh, I mean, how, how old are you? Thirty. I'm thirty right? one, going on thirty two, and I tell you what, yeah. I'm starting to feel regression myself. Now, so you're you're not in the pump room every day like Andre. I'm getting there. I'm getting I'm getting to the pump room you once every four to six weeks. Neck tattoos that he has. <laughs> so they just straight up just inject life into you. Just ink straight to the vein. Uh, speaking of guys with ink, Jeremy Macklin. Off to the Chiefs. Oh. Uh, so I love this for the Chiefs. I don't love it for Jeremy Macklin's production. Sorry, I should have called him I should have called him friend friend of the podcast, Jeremy Macklin. statistic Colors like the the team looks good on them. It's a, like you say, it's like it's a good move. It's a good move for the Chiefs. Uh, I I am interested to see how they get him involved. The problem is with the I know you're like and you're right. It's a system thing that they don't offer many downfield threats. But Smith is not a downfield thrower either, and he's not going to rack up a bunch of passes over twenty yards. Um, I I now, want, there's an Easter egg here though. Go on. What happens if Smith gets hurt? And uh, well, <laughs> that might hurt. Chase Daniel? I, however, think that Chase Daniel and the rapport that they have actually from playing multiple games together in that stadium against the unspeakable university that is in the state just to the, the west of there. I, I, I think that um, if that happens, I, I mean, would trade for Jeremy Macklin. If you're listening out here, I would I would pull out all the staff and trade for Jeremy Macklin should there be a quarterback change in Kansas City. Not that you'd wish a, a quarterback a, an injury on anyone, but uh, oh no 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 no, an Alex Smith yeah, maybe, injury. Maybe he has an Alden Smith type moment. It has to go away. Oh, no one's going to have had an Alden Smith type moment except Alden Smith. Yeah, I don't know if you saw just off the topic of the he uh, he had his contract restructured. Alden Smith. 
Oh, shocking. And it's all incentive-based now. There's only a million dollars guaranteed. The rest is incentive-based. Uh, based, I believe, on not getting arrested. Leverage. Yes. You have so much leverage. <laughs> so much to work with. Uh, they're the 49ers. Okay, so we've got... Do you think, uh, do you think that the executive showed up at his house and said, Alton, we've got a bomb in here. The only way we can turn it off is to restructure your contract. <laughs> you start by giving me all your guns. Uh, Tory, speaking of Smiths and the 49ers, Tory Smith is off to the 49ers uh, from the Ravens. And he had, a, again, this is another one of these receivers, kind of had a little bit of a regression last year. But that was because that was largely because of the resurgence of the great Steve Smith Sr. at the beginning of the season. He had Flacco thrown in the ball and sort of came on, on a little bit towards the end of the season, reestablished himself as a reliable RB2 in the Ravens' offense. The Ravens, though, at the beginning of the season weren't worth really judging because they had all the Ray Rice stuff and they just didn't look themselves. Uh, he's got Kaepernick throwing in the ball. I've got him actually going down a little bit further this year. Uh... How, you know, Crabtree's been in that system, Anquan Bolden's been in that system, uh, and they've both struggled a little bit. How do you feel about Torrey Smith moving west? I'm down on Torrey Smith's fantasy output in 2015 as move west for several reasons. Uh, he's got, a, you know, he's, Crabtree's gone, and Stevie Johnson just got cut. Shocker. So there's going to be balls to catch, but he. I feel like he and Anquan Bolden, while they were both very successful when they were in Baltimore, they have very similar skill sets. Mm-hmm. And when you had someone like Flacco, who could just, just throw it the length of the field, you know, ultimately the wide receiver is going to be able to establish leverage when you, when you have that kind of size against the cornerback and be able to go up and get it. Similar to like a, a Josh McCown type situation in Chicago two years ago. Yeah. But that's not Kaepernick's game. He's got a very weird mechanics, weird delivery. He's not the most accurate quarterback, to say the least. That doesn't mean he throws a lot of interceptions, but if you sort of watch the way he throws, like back with his back shoulder, front shoulder, the ball isn't necessarily exactly where it needs to be, and it doesn't really get that lost on, on deep balls, from what I've seen. So I don't really think it plays to his skill set. If you replace Anquan Bolden with, say, Deshaun Jackson, and it was someone that had, had the speed to complement his size, it would open a lot of things up for him, but as constructed, I, uh, I'm have to say that his stock is down. Well, here's the interesting. I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think he's more than a, a wider wide receiver three. If you have a running back in the flex spot, here's an interesting stat for you. So, Torrey Smith, he had 11 touchdowns, receiving touchdowns last year, which is huge. Uh, how many games? Three games to catch them. That was. I don't have the number, but yeah, it was across a number of different games where he had multiple. He did have multiple touchdowns. Here's the thing. In the top 32, he he was had the lowest number of yards in the top 32 wide receivers last year. He only had 767 yards receiving across 15 games. So it, a lot of his stats were padded out. He's actually ranked here on uh, Fantasy Football Today. He's ranked as the number 19 wide receiver from the year. But that was padded out by those 11 touchdowns and uh, and... Like you said, the consistency wasn't there. I can't see the consistency coming in in San Francisco. It's, they had to pick up somebody. He was the right guy in the market, but I just, you know, I, I feel like it's a rotating door for wide receivers in San Francisco right now, and I just I don't like where that team is going. I think that they're in, in blow it up mode right now. Rotating door for everyone. Speaking of uh, rotating doors, and speaking of uh, of uh, great players, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. 
have made a play for someone who I think can really turn their season around. They obviously Josh Gordon is suspended for the forty fifth time. Uh, <laughs> they don't know who their quarterback is going to be, but they do know who's going to be bringing down the balls, and that is Brian Hartline from the Miami Dolphins. I am I am up on this. I'm high on this move. Friend of the podcast, Andrew Eubanks, one of his all time favorite players. Oh. And a guy that, that has a soft spot in my heart. He's held, I think he has the record actually, uh, my personal record, for most consecutive seasons holding the same fantasy draft grade, that being a 13th draft grade for me. <laughs> but I think I finally have it moving up because I don't know who else is going to catch the ball there. He's the. I think Hawkins is still there. Cameron's, Jordan Cameron's gone. Well, not necessarily, not yet. Uh, if yeah. if there's no market for him, he might end up back there. But yes, Jordan Cameron's leaving. It seems like uh, no Josh Gordon. You got Andrew Hawkins is an option. Miles Austin, I believe, is still on the roster. Now Brian Hartline, his numbers from last year were not pretty. He was only targeted 63 times, 474 yards with two TDs. It's that red zone threat that I'm excited about. I think you know he's a very tall receiver. If they're gonna if they can use him correctly. I can see some scores for Brian, and I can see him as someone who'd be useful on your bench. I, I guess I'm a big, big Brian Hartline fan. He's also from Canton, Ohio. He's sort of going home here. So, oh, that's gotta, perfect. Got to put on for his, his people out there. That's perfect. Brian heads home. Uh, one of many heading home uh, scenarios in this free agency season. Uh, another guy who's made a move away from the Midwest this time. He's going to the towards the East. Brandon Marshall has gone from the Chicago Bears to the New York Jets. I've got this as as kind of keeping his keeping his draft stock even because mainly because I believe his draft stock dropped so much in this last season. He was a pretty consistent first round draft pick last year uh towards the back end of the first draft, the first first round of the draft. I would have him coming in towards the middle of the second round, towards the end of the second round. Uh the reasons why of course he's got a different quarterback throwing the ball. He's not used to bad quarterbacks throwing the ball though. He's got. Uh, he's been working with Jay Cutler there for years, but um, Fitzpatrick or Smith throwing in the ball could be troublesome. Uh, he's got Eric Decker opposite him, which is a nice contrast, I think. The Jets there for a second. I I know that all the talk after they got Marshall was that they're going to release Harvin, but the Jets had a chance to have the Jets are interesting. The, I know well, you're going to say it. You're, you're interested. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing: if they kept Harvin, their receiving core would have been Decker and Marshall on the outside, and then Harvin in the slot. You can't tell me that's not a... If you told the Jets three years ago that they could be their three receivers, they would be over the moon. Yes. Um, although the, the money for Harvin, they, they had to make that cut to save all the cap room. And actually, to push this trade through, I think it very well officially made until after the Harvin cut. But and they it, had a huge... They had like $55 million in cap space.
sent away from Miami. I mean, he's, every time he's left a team, it's been by trade. He hasn't yeah. left the agency. Yeah, traded by Denver, traded by Miami, and now traded by Chicago. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I I think it's a it's at least it's a new regime in there in the Jets. I can he be can, can a Jets receiver be a wide receiver one? Mm, no, I think. See, I think I don't think so. I think Marshall's probably a high wide receiver too, but with with risk, with significant risk, because we saw people go too high on Decker last year. I mean, you you'd have to think Geno Smith was going to be better this year, but that's not a given at all. Um, De- I think people went too high on Decker. People will probably go too high on Marshall because even if he stayed on the Bears... The difference between Decker and Marshall, though, is that with Decker, you were dealing with... Um, it's like when basketball players... With, with Steve, they always said Steve Nash made other players something like $300 million in their career because he was so good at finding the spots for people that mm-hmm. all of their stats were just inflate. Yeah. They signed a big contract and then Jay Cutler, some would say, was is not even a Geno Smith. So, uh, so I think, I mean, yeah, you're right. Brandon Marshall obviously has a much better chance to succeed. I he's one of those guys. If he drops far enough, I'd be interested. But otherwise, I'd be treating him with real caution uh, this year in the draft. Um, three quick names for you to get. Give me your quick uh, quick take on, and then we'll move on to tight ends. But Jacoby Jones is off to the Chargers. Eddie Royals left the Chargers and gone to the Chicago Bears. And Harry Douglas has left the Falcons and gone to the Titans. Are you interested in any of these three weird sort of wide receiver three, maybe probably more wide receiver four kind of guys? You're going to have to read that list off to me again because my uh, computer mouse is frozen and I am not able to scroll over to uh, oh, that's our fine. outline here. Very that's fine. Jacoby Jones, Eddie Royal, Harry Douglas. Really? I don't like anybody in that situation at all. You don't think James? Um, you don't think James Winston's going to be a uh, Buccaneer? I, I I think that well, I guess he could he could go he could go number one overall. I don't I, if I was a GM, I would not make that guy the number one pick in the draft. That's, you're you're if you're going to the hardware store, they're out of red flags because they've been mailed out to all these. Mettenberger. Ah, Zach. 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 I do not trust Zach. <laughs> no one trusts Zach. No, I'm still asking the same question. If he doesn't go there, who's their quarterback? See, here's uh, here's the problem for Harry. Harry was the third stringer in Atlanta. Not really worth a fantasy pickup. There, last year, there was not one Tennessee Titans receiver who was worth having on a fantasy team. Kendall Wright was an absolute devastating disappointment. Oh, I still... I have a feeling that I have to die before you guys. A gesture that might be 
Was it round six? I think it may have been round six. Oh, God. Ah, oh, that's awful. That's awful. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kendall Wright... Kendall Wright uh, was just a devastating disappointment for a couple of years, and it's that it's that rule that we got to start reminding ourselves on. Even it's never too soon to remind yourself of this rule, and we've just been talking about it with Brandon Marshall as well. That the success of your wide receiver depends on the success of your quarterback. So Harry Douglas, I'm out on Eddie Royal at the Bears. I'm out on for the same reason. He's got Jay Cutler throwing the ball. He wasn't really a, a prolific or consistent enough wide receiver at San Diego when Phil Rivers was throwing the ball. So I can't see that that moving to Chicago is going to help Eddie. And then Jacoby Jones is the only guy who is maybe interesting. Keenan Allen didn't really emerge out of that Chargers wide receiver uh, core last year. Um, Antonio Gates had a, has another year on the legs, so you'd think that he like surely has to like regret. He off, and then he just sort of ends up being a... Surely. Surely now's the time. But... Uh, but Jacoby Jones is the only one there who I could see maybe improving. He was stuck there on that on that Ravens roster behind uh, behind Torrey Smith and, and Steve Smith Sr. last year. So maybe there's some late-round value there for him. You know, I think that... I, I've come to realize that there's always some... You know, not wide receiver one value, maybe not even wide receiver two value, but it seems like San Diego, the three or four wide receivers in their core of their rotation are always prime wide receiver three candidates, whether it's Denari Alexander showing up for six to eight weeks, or you know Keenan Allen when he came back to earth after his rookie year. Yeah, uh, Royal, they're they're going to throw touchdown passes there, so it's, it's high risk, high reward. If you've got you know an injury, say you're one every week, one of your players like a concussion at this rate, but it happens to be one of your wide receivers. Maybe you see if there's a, a San Diego wide receiver on the waiver wire, and then with Chicago. That signing that you mentioned is not one that moves the needle for me, but there is a Chicago wide receiver that, as of today, how many, six months out, five months out from the fantasy draft, that is flying up my board based on the fact that they brought in someone mediocre and let Brandon Marshall go. You uh, Are you speaking of, uh, of what's his name? That guy. Our people. <laughs> the, Waz, uh, the Wazoo guy. The one and only, yes. The former Wazoo legend. The former Wazoo legend. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, why not? He's not going to have Marshall eating into his eating into his uh, his receptions, um, and he's certainly not going to have Eddie Royal eating eating into them either. <laughs> it's going to be terrible for Alshon, though. I, this is going to be a real test for Alshon Jeffrey to see if he's if he's more Des Bryant or if he's more wild Austin. If he needs someone else around him to do it, or if he could be the guy. See, you feel like he was the he had regressed again. Another one of those guys who sort of slipped back a little bit. That wide receiver class was tough last year, uh, but uh, he was the twelfth again according to Fantasy Football Today. He was the twelfth ranked wide receiver of the year. Ten touchdowns, eleven hundred yards. Uh, you know that's not that's not bad production uh, with no. Jay Cutler throwing you the ball. Um, he w- but he was one of a few that, that really went back him, Calvin Johnson. I, I, I stayed on Alshon Island all year. I was constantly trying to pry him away in trades in every single league I had. It refused to give up. refused to stop believing in that upside. Brandon Marshall, meanwhile, two, 720 yards, 8 touchdowns, 33 in terms of fantasy ranking. So, uh, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of questions at wide receiver. As always, as we always say, tough to pick. A good wide receiver. Tight end is a bit different. And of course, the biggest tight end news 
I thought I thought Julius Thomas was going to be the biggest tight end news of this free agency season, but uh, the amazing news came through at 12.53 yesterday, Pacific uh, Standard Time. Jimmy Graham was going to be traded to the Seahawks. Uh, Jimmy's coming off a tough year. Well, a tough year for him. Everyone had him pegged as the undisputed number one tight end. I would put him now somewhere in, absolutely in the top two um, and, and with Rob Gronkowski. And coming into the Seahawks uh, setup and the need for the Seahawks to have a big wide receiver or a big big receiving target has been talked about ad nauseum. I think he, he offers a lot of options for Wilson. I think he improves the fantasy uh, prospects for Russell Wilson significantly. Um, his stock is rising in my mind, especially as, seeing it, as he was able to escape that, that dumpster fire, as he said, was going on down in New Orleans. Uh, do you have him? You've got him rising as well, I presume? From a dumpster fire to fire sale, welcome to New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> I have him about, about level, which is still the, the number two tight end. I guess the beginning of last year is probably the number one tight end. But, um, you know, I, you said all those words, and, and you forgot to mention that you got a really hot take on this. I and do. If, if you haven't read it yet, fantasybingo.com, new redesigned masthead, nice, clean, minimalist look. Very clean. Great on your phone. Maybe you're on the bus up in the Pacific Northwest or on the subway in New York, definitely recommend pulling that up, giving it a blazing hot take on the trade. Smoking. It was, I, it was coming off so fast from when did it actually happen. I love the trade for Jimmy Graham in, in his fantasy perspective. I love it for Russell Wilson. I think that really bumps him up a notch, having that kind of safety valve that he's never had. Yeah. It's, that's, I mean, Russell Wilson was already sneaky good last year as a fantasy quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that this is this is this is good for him. But uh, I, I don't know about the trade from Seattle's perspective, just considering that they gave up a pretty good center and they don't have the most solid offensive line to begin with. Yeah. And it's not like Graham is a blocking tight end. So yeah, it it might. That's the one concern is if from a fantasy's perspective that Lynch's value goes down. Um, also, I was listening to I was listening to one of the Greenland NFL podcasts, and they had a great stat. It was actually they were recording it at the time that trade went down. That so Seattle led the NFL with yards before contact in the rushing game. So before anyone touched Marshawn Lynch, at three point one yards per carry. And the games were underplayed. I think it was only six games or so before he uh, turfed out or something knocked him out. Yeah. They're averaging 3.9. Yeah. It, I mean, but the thing was, they did put together that run at the end of the season all without Max Unger. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest in terms of, of production, but Lynch... I mean, the only good thing about Lynch is that he was consistently finding that end zone, and so he wasn't depending on, on huge yardage games to, to, to crank up his fantasy value. I agree. It's a it's a big price to pay, but um, I think it's a good move. As I said in the column on FancyDingo.com and the hot take, uh, the thing it does is it fills a number of needs with one player. You know, they needed a big receiver. They got it. They needed a tight end release valve. They got it. They needed a red zone uh, threat. They got it. So it it fills a number of spots for the for the Hawks. And I think when a player of that kind of caliber is available, it's very difficult to say no. If you're of the mind that you're you're building a, a Super Bowl caliber winning team, you you gotta you gotta take them. I mean, the window windows are so short, and if you just look at what's happening in San Francisco right now with half their defense 
mean retiring or the injuries mm-hmm. they've had, uh, the turnover of wide receiver, the turnover of running back, turnover of coaching staff. I mean, 2011 to 2012, they, I know they didn't win a Super Bowl. But no, they but they were up there. Definitely good, good team in the NFL. And now well, the Saints, too. You could say the same thing about the Saints, too. Yeah. So I, I think you could, they had to do it. I think that they, they have shown a track record, at least with last year, with pinpointing offensive linemen that are, are young from the draft that you can plug in. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me if, I know they traded their first rounder, I think they still have their second rounder, uh, if they use that to either take a guard and move one of their current guards to center or took a center in the second or third round. Yeah. The other thing that Schneider came out and said today, John Schneider, the, the GM, said that... Uh, he only has first round ratings on 16 of the prospects this year. So he felt at the 31 spot, which is the, the pick they gave up, he wasn't getting a first rounder anyway. Um, and they do pick up the Saints fourth rounder. So they got an extra pick in the fourth round. So that compensates for it a little bit. I think they win this trade. And I think Jimmy Graham uh, it has a chance to become, to go back to being the top tight end of the, of the league next year. I mean, like I said, the windows are so tight. There's no one you're taking at 31, even if they had 31 guys in first round grades, that next year is going to give you what Jimmy Graham is going to give you. And that probably goes for the year after that as well. And however long he's there at this rate, I mean, the, the shelf life for tight ends, as we've seen with Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, is good. And none of those guys are as athletic as, as Jimmy Graham is. Well, from one guy who's gone to a championship team to another guy who's gone to a bottom-of-the-barrel team, but maybe a team that's on the rise, who knows? Uh, favorite team of yours. Uh, this is close, <laughs> close, maybe. No, I'm talking about uh, new Jags tight end Julius Thomas, um, coming out of a, uh, an amazing system in Denver Get where he he's done very well. Make but uh, but uh, I, I Julius's fantasy stock up or down? How far down? I'm not, I'm not sure he can, how far he's going to slide yet. I think I might put him as low as my number seven tight end. Oh my god! Seven. Okay, who are your six? Who are your six on top of him? Uh, I can tell you right now that we're, we're Jordan Cameron and stuff. I'll have him ahead. I'll have Jimmy Graham ahead. Uh, I'll have Greg Olson ahead of him. Yep, Gronk. Uh, I, I Gronk ahead of him. It's four. And then you know I think that. Jason Witten ahead of him just because oh he's, he's going to football hell. God, so you got Jason Witten. He's, can... he's going where, where players go to, to die, essentially. It's, Jacksonville is a graveyard. See, I knew you were going to say this. We may and... never hear from him again. We may never hear from Julius Thomas again. I was just, just to be recalcitrant, I, I said he's, he was going, his stock could go up. And here's why. I think Blake Bortles is going to be looking for a target like that regularly in the end zone. Uh, Wait, you, you think they're going to make it close enough to be in the, in the red zone? Hey, stranger things have happened. He's going to be within throwing distance? It has got a, it's got a click for the Jags at some stage, and this could be the season. Uh, I think he's got he's going to be un, unrivaled in the in the receiving core as, as receiving targets, in terms of receiving targets. He's going to be looked at a lot. Um, and... And as you always say, hashtag Jags rising, this could be the year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bortles has another year under the under the belt. Uh, it's his second year. He's going to be thriving. The, all those other receivers have another year under the belt. 
Who knows? This could be good. I think that you could get real value for Julius Thomas. Last year, you you were having to go around the third, fourth round to pick him up. I think this year you could pick him up in the seventh on a flyer and still have a pretty good season. I think people people who I mean, they're, they have in every league, not going to hear Bradshaw Bodega, people that don't really pay full attention to the landscape of the entire league are going to see that name and still grab him in the Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <That's good>. And <laughs> I also... I just don't see how you could say a player a player who catches catches the football for a living. That's their their job, their full time employee job. That their stock could go up when they go from Peyton Manning and the Denver offense to Jacksonville. It's like <laughs> I yeah I maybe even I'm writing I'm writing this down I'm writing this down and I cannot wait to bring it up once a week on this phone call during the regular season. I'm so I have two other. I have two other tight ends. I'd love to get your your take on where you'd like to see them go. Jordan Cameron, we've spoken about a little bit. Uh, would you like to see him stay at the Browns? Or would you like to see him go somewhere? Is, have you got a destination in mind for Jordan? You know, I liked him. In, I liked him in Seattle. Uh, that's not happening now, obviously. Um, you know, I thought I thought Johnny and Jordan could have been a power power couple up there in Cleveland. Well, I uh, yeah, I thought I thought so too. I thought they were going to be, become buds, but it just hasn't happened yet. I'd I guess. love to see him. I'd love to see him in Houston, replacing Owen Daniels. Oh, I that's think that with with the transition out from Andre Johnson and them having a new number one receiver and that hole at, at, at tight end, I think that that could be the, the right system for him. I don't hate Ryan Mallett in the Texans. He's a good production out of. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to pick up Ryan Mallett in my fantasy team at all. But I don't hate him there at the Texans. I think he, you know, he could do well for someone like Jordan Cameron, and and I do like DeAndre Hopkins this year. Uh, Anthony Fasano from the Chiefs is a free agent. He's touring down at Tennessee right now, but it's still unknown where he's going to end up. Uh, he quite, kind of came along last year as a as a touchdown catching tight end in the Chiefs setup. Just a fun fact: he's a Chief who caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, he's like it's Four. it's. Four, yeah, four touchdowns, and, and uh, Smith liked, liked working with him a lot, but obviously they've got Travis Kelsey there as well. Any place you'd like to see Fasano end up? Any any teams with great tight end needs still out there? I mean, we, we talked about Houston. I think that... The Saints. Tennessee maybe you want some Delaney Walker insurance. Uh, Oakland's always looking for players at all positions. So that's available. Yeah. And, um, you know, beyond... Beyond that, I mean, I, I, I would say Washington, but they they decided to bring back Niles Paul, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. So, and maybe, I mean, I don't know if Kansas City would be interested in, in retaining them, or maybe he could go to Cleveland. You know, but I do worry, looking at, I just don't think where Ross Murray ends up, he's anything more than a fill-in on a bye week, mm-hmm. simply because he never had more than four catches in a game last year. Yeah. And... He only had one game in his last six where he had more than one catch. I mean, I know they're looking at him in the red zone, and that's great, but he's a bit off my radar. You know, Raiders, you brought up the Raiders. That's an interesting one. And they had Rivera there who came along a little bit towards the end of the year, 550 yards, four TDs. I wonder if he'd, if he'd be a good fit there in the Oakland setup. But like you say, anyone would be a good fit in that Oakland setup. Uh, anyone with any skill whatsoever. Um... Final point here, defenses, we've kind of worked our way through to the bottom of the of the pile. There are obviously a couple of huge moves. Uh, 
Sue went to the Dolphins. Darrell Revis went to the Jets. Uh, does that move the needle for the Dolphins' defense? Do you see yourself... Uh, st- I know you're a defense streamer at heart, but say you were interested in taking a single defense this year. Does Indomitian Sue's move to Miami do anything to make you pick up the Miami D? Or does Darrell Revis to the Jets... Uh, make you think that the Jets' defense is worth picking up in the in the early, later rounds this year? I think if you're a defensive streamer, I think both these teams' defenses have to be on your radar. And one of the main roles, particularly the Dolphins, because the Dolphins get to play. They've, they've always been a, you know, the, the, the David conquering Goliath of defenses. I know there have been many upset into 28-point, 31-point outbursts from the Miami D. And getting you know, the best run stuffer in football and putting him up in the middle who could still disrupt in the passing game is is going to be huge for them. And they also get to play Buffalo twice. And True. they get to play the Jets twice. That's right, they so, do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are four, essentially, if they're there, like, must-start pickup, have them play. And with the Jets, the Jets' problem has never been defense. It's just been they hold a team to 14 points that can only score six. Yeah. So... I, I think that that makes their, their defense viable. And, you know, at the same time, they get to play the Bills twice. I haven't looked at the rest of their schedule up in front of me. Uh, I know Miami's offense is, is getting better. So that's that's not, you know, as much of a, a gimme. But I think the Jets on a matchup basis, I mean, they're, they're going to rush the passer. They're probably going to get back to the passer. And they're going to be doing that more because they got a corner that can shut somebody down by himself again in Rebus. Yeah, I, I saw the Jets uh, considering to sign uh, Cromarty as well as a third big corner. Uh, they got picked up Rebus, of course, Buster Scrine. That Get some offense. Move move in there and get some. put your attention somewhere else. You know, you can't start three great cornerbacks, or you can't afford three great cornerbacks in that money either. So I don't know what's happening there, but it's classic Jets work. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Dolphins' defense, I think the, the, the all the talk around Sue is going to inspire someone to reach for the Dolphins' defense probably, but they would be a good one to pick up. The Jets' defense, I, I don't see this move of Darrell Rivas as really moving the needle there and think, making them a, a team, that uh, a defense that you have to pick up early in your drafts. And remember, stream it, stream it, and you'll believe it. Never stream draft it. the defense. Stream to believe. Uh... That's it. That's what we all got for this week. Uh, that was a big wrap-up. A lot to get through. That was huge. I, uh, you know, my computer froze up. So maybe someone was traded while that was going on. I didn't have... I've been checking the Twitters, and it, it doesn't seem like it's happened, or, or much has happened since we've... Uh... All I see is a smokescreen article saying that the Eagles are not... According to the source, the Eagles are not planning to draft Mariota. Yeah. I. Uh... Which would ruin all their leverage in the trade if they said that. I see that the, it's it's being confirmed that Jets have traded for Texans QB Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, and then which was interesting. The trade, what did they What did they give up? Or did they get paid to take him? I think they gave up a seventh rounder, maybe. And uh, but they could have waited for him to be cut because it was, it was very likely he was going to get cut. Uh, and then also, Ndamukong Sue has officially signed as the Dolphins' uh, number one defensive player. Uh, we will be back in probably a week or two with some more some more news. Adam, it'd be good for us to get into some... The fancy basketball season's obviously starting to, to heat up, so it'd be good to take a look at that. Um, and then and then I, I'm interested in doing a baseball preview because I, I'm going to try baseball again this year. Let's, let's, be all, let's be all in 
uh, all inclusive. Baseball, rugby, whatever. It's, it's, you know, we're in the football off season when we cover all sports. It's, it frees us up to talk about all sorts of things. Maybe we'll do some life podcasts. Um, oh yeah. You know, maybe, uh, maybe the, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some updates now that I'm no longer a free agent and we'll be joining the flag football team starting oh, on Sunday. So, I'd love to get an update on that. On that, where is that being played? Out of interest. It's, uh, it's being played about five blocks from my apartment at Brooklyn Tech on their field. Oh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Tech home field. So get yourself down there. Sunday afternoons? Sunday afternoons. This Sunday. is my first game. It's scrimmage week. Got to be on the process, and then i got to decide whether or not I'm, I'm going to bring the playbook on week one. See how serious these cats are. Well, uh, look, get out there, run some crisper outs, and, uh, and thanks for listening at home. We'll, uh, we'll catch you soon. Cheers. God dog of the mountain, keeping the rats from eating it all away. Dingo, dingo, Corey Warren.